Good right there. Amen. Miss Cave, thank you for singing. And uh, what did Pastor Don used to call you? Was it Chrissy? Little Chrissy on the bus. Amen. And now she's singing for the Lord. Praise God. I won't tell you what decade that was. That's for her to say. Amen. <laughs> Appreciate her. She does a lot around here for us. And uh, helping in the kitchen every, every day uh, for the kids to eat lunch for our school. Appreciate her. Amen and amen. What a great thought that song was. You know, we, we hold back from God things, parts of our life. And we don't truly have the filling of the Spirit because we're holding on to something that we won't give to God. And we do this life in our flesh. Why? If we would just surrender it all and watch God work and do whatever He wants to do. I mean all of it. I mean every aspect of my life. My plan for the next day. My plan for the next five years. My, my, uh, what, what, I, what I want to do here or what I want to do there. Or, or even what I, what I dressed in today and what I, what I listened to today. And what words that I choose to use. If I would just give all that to Jesus Christ... How, how the Holy Spirit of God could use me for His glory. I'm telling you what, the more and the more that I strive for that, the more precious my God becomes. Because when I'm living this double life and being fake and where I'm trying to be in my flesh, yet say I'm a child of God and say I'm a Christian, but I'm in my flesh and I'm doing whatever I feel like and whatever I, I think of, I'm telling you what, it's just, there's no joy in that. But when you are genuine and real before God and say, God, you can have every part of me. It don't matter. You can have my job. You can have what I, what I think I need to make this way. You can have it all. And Lord, I'll trust you with whatever. Praise God. What the things that he could do through you. Amen. Man, God just changed my message right there. Amen. Hang on. I Amen. I think he wants to get us on this task here, but he was just filling me there with that. Praise the Lord. Thank you for singing that song. Amen. All of me. Amen. Lord, help me today. Lord, as I preach this message you've given me to give you all of me. And Lord, whatever this plan is that I have, whatever's written down on this paper, Lord, that I believe you've put in my heart and prepared in me, I pray, God, you'd take it and you'd change it, whatever you want for your glory, that this message would be yours. And Lord, help us now as we look to this passage that you've given in Jesus' name. Amen. Lamentations 4 says, how is the gold become dim? How is the most fine gold changed? Jeremiah. Let's consider Jeremiah for a minute. What's going on here? Jeremiah is a prophet of God. He's got a, he's got a pretty big book there, the, the Old Testament. And he had been preaching for 40 years. 40 years he'd been shouting out the warning. Hey, wake up Israel. Wake up Israel. God's trying to get your attention. Wake up and hear the judgment has come. And he's roaming the city here looking at the ashes of Jerusalem. When I say ashes, Nebuchadnezzar and his captain of the guard, they'd come in that, that second time and they burnt everything to the ground. They burnt the temple. I'm talking about the temple of God that was the most magnificent building that, that mankind had ever seen at that point. I mean, just phenomenal. 
They burn it to the ground. They ripped the gold off the, the doors of it. And inside they took everything valuable. All the vessels that were shaped for God's uh, consecrated for his service. They stole all of that. And they burnt it, burnt it to the ground. You say, how could they just burn all that gold and silver? Because if you read about it, the God had prepared uh, 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 trees out of Lebanon, the cedar trees and such that they built it with and overlaid it with gold and all of that. And all that, they burnt that to the ground. They burnt the king's palace. They burnt the, the, the homes of the city. And then if that wasn't good enough, they went and they began to pull the stones down. Those blackened stones from that raging fire, they began to pull them apart and they ripped the wall down that encircled the city and they ripped the temple stones away that there was, they, they were scattered through the streets. The ruins and, the, and the, the unbelievable sight of a city that was once the desire of the world. See, before this time, if you remember, during the, during the kingdom of David and of Solomon, they built that city up, and it was great. It was wonderful. And, uh, and people came in the days of Solomon to, to see the city, to see the temple, to hear of Solomon's wisdom and how he had done all these things and God had done it through him and all of this. And people longed. They wanted to come. And now it's nothing but just a burning heap. And blackened stones pulled apart from one another. Notice here in the passage of Scripture here. Notice as, as Jeremiah is saying this. And I believe that God inspired this and He preserved this on purpose. Notice there's not question marks here. Do you see what are they? What are they? They're exclamation points. How is the gold become dim? He's crying out and he's saying, how has this happened? How can this be? And it's not a question. It's not, it's, it's not as if Jeremiah didn't know the reason for it. He's, he's calling out and he's saying, he's saying, oh, how can this be? He's, he's in such, see, different cultures, they, they mourn and they weep in different ways. And the Jewish Old Testament way here was to put on sackcloth and ashes. They were literally put on garments that were uncomfortable to the touch. And everything, every time they moved and walked, it would hurt and it would rub them in such a way they were, they, they were mourning on the inside and on the outside. They'd literally take dirt and ashes and put on their head and, and, and show that they were in such great mourning. And Jeremiah here is weeping and mourning over this. He's known as the weeping prophet. He had warned about these consequences to come. He had warned about the judgment to come. And nobody listened to him. As we read the book of Jeremiah, for 40 years he preached. For 40 years. Some of you have been in Sunday, teaching Sunday school and working in bus ministries. Just that same time frame or even longer. And for 40 years he preached and, he, and what we see in Jeremiah is he didn't have any converts. He didn't have anybody that was that coming over to the Lord's side or agreeing with him or even, or even trusting him and having faith. He just preached and preached and he did what God told him to do. It's not our job to save people. It's our job to plant the seed and give the word and, and for them to get saved, for God to save them. Amen? Don't beat yourself up because you've never seen somebody saved. If you're faithful giving the word, God will eventually reward you with that. Plant the seed. 
But, the, but the saving's not up to us. That's God's, that's God's realm. That's God's doing. He gives the increase. He draws them unto himself. Jeremiah, he's weeping. He didn't, he didn't have anybody, nothing after 40 years. But he's living with the consequences of the people here and their choices. That's a tough thing, isn't it? We're living with some consequences today in the United States of America because of some choices that our people have made. Now, it might not be every choice is yours individually, but you're an American and we ought to be united and it's our bad choices together that have allows for these things. Let's not, let's not, we're so, divi- we're so divided today and we've got to point the finger at everybody else. Let's own up to the mistakes we've done. Let's get right with God. He's weeping over it. Notice here gold. He says, how has the gold become dim? Gold, of course, shines when light is on it. It glistens, it gleams, it, it reflects light that, that, uh, that is put on it. Jewelers, they don't just put out a, a piece of jewelry, a piece of gold, and let it lay around. No, they put it in this nice protected cabinet. Okay, They don't, they don't want uh, a Mrs. Roach to come along and swipe it, right? No, you would never do that. No, they put it in this protected cabinet, and they put all these, they put all these lights on it. They, these, these big beaming lights, these, these, uh, these uh, bright stuff, and, and, and it's reflecting the light off that gold, and it makes it to shine. You know, so when Mrs. Martini's walking past it, she goes, Woo! Hey, honey. See that? Hey, I think I need to go back this way. Yeah. Look at that. Right? It's grabbing your attention. Because gold reflects the light. And it glistens and it gleams. Amen? In Isaiah chapter 60, it's our theme of this year. The Bible, uh, Bible says, Arise! Shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. What has God asked us to do, Shenandoah, this year is to arise and be that gold that shines and reflects that light that He's giving on us. Amen. And glisten and gleam for His glory and not for our own. That's what God's asked Shenandoah, Shenandoah to do this year is to rise and shine. As I consider that gold, he actually counts us greater and better than gold. He says in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1 that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen, Miss Demi? The trial that God's asked you to go through here recently... That you do it faithfully and you can come out of that thing shining bright and glorious, better than gold for His glory. I think about Mrs. Kane who's struggling now. She's been in the hospital after this accident. Now she's in a nursing home and, and thank you for going to see her. I wish more of you go see her now. We, we that, uh, that sign-up sheet stuff's all done. Go see her and take her some food along the way, amen? She likes food, praise God. And uh, when you're... Anyways, we'll move on from that. So... What, I tell you, what I'm saying here is that trial that she's going through 
And yet how she's witnessing to those nurses. I've heard her do it. She's witnessing to these nurses. Here she is, a broken body and in so much pain. And yet she's given the word of God to those people. She's going to come out shining better than gold. Gold that's been tried in the fire. I'm talking about, talking about gold that's been refined and the impurities taken out. She's going to come out shining better than that for God's glory. My question is today, all of us in here, my question myself today, God asking me this question, am I shining like I'm supposed to be shining? Am I shining like gold or have I become dim? Am I shining? Are you shining like you're supposed to be? Or have you become dim? That's what God's question is here for us today. What do you mean, Pastor, when you say that? What's the Word of God talking about? Dim means to be overshadowed. Dim here in the, in the context, in the Hebrew here, it means to be overshadowed and hidden. As if thick, dark clouds have come and, and, and covered the once bright blue sky. To where you don't see the sun and you don't see that blue light and all that. But it's a, it's a gray, it's a dark, it's hidden. It's hidden, it's been overshadowed. And then what we're talking about here is we're talking about gold. And many of you know much more than, about this than I would. But gold that has tarnished. I began to do some research about that, how, how gold can, can become tarnished. It gets cloudy looking. It gets dirty looking. Right? In, the, in that jewelry shop that we're just talking about, they wouldn't allow that gold to sit under, their, under those lights and be look tarnished. They would, they would clean it up. They would, they, would do, they would make sure that tarnish was gone. Notice here this, this wording. He says, how has the gold become dim? How is the most... Fine gold changed. The most fine gold is that refiner's gold. When I say that, if you don't understand what I'm saying, gold goes through a process of refining where it is put to the fire. It's put to the fire and it's melted down so that the impurities, which are, are not as much in weight as gold, would rise to the top and they could be wiped away so that what you're left with is gold without the impurities. Pure gold, fine gold, much fine gold here, he says. Most fine gold. He's talking about the refined. How are they changed? Nebuchadnezzar came in and he took away all the valuable things. Stole that away. The city was in, was in great change from what Jeremiah had known. Things change. Life changes. And we're left to live with the consequences of whether it's our actions or whether it's someone else's actions and decisions. But either way, we live through the consequences, don't we? Jeremiah here looking at this rubble and understanding these things. It's amazing how, how our country which once shone, I mentioned that already, but once shone with, with great glory, like, like gold that glistens, how has it become dim? I'm talking about the United States of America. I'm talking about the country that, that was sought after, that was wanted, that, that was the, grest, the greatest and the best of all the world. It still is. If we would just think that way and live that way with that mentality, we would be. 
Amen? After World War II, it was the most sought out place in all the world because people wanted to be Americans. Man, those people know how to stand and fight for freedom and deliver people from the bondage of these, uh, these other political uh, giants and tyrants. But today we're laughed at, aren't we? Because instead of standing on firm ground like the Word of God, we're, we're chasing after our feelings and whatever the flesh wants, and we're getting laughed at because we're weak. You don't believe me? Why was there things floating in the air this last couple weeks? People checking us out. Be careful, it's coming. We got to wake up, America. We've been sitting on our hands and thinking we're just safe doing whatever we want to do, and we're becoming dim. And this world's checking us out, seeing what's going to come. You, you look at Bible. What did Nebuchadnezzar do before he came in? He sent a couple people in Hezekiah's day to check it out, didn't he? You read the Word of God. And they came in and Hezekiah showed them everything. He showed them the palace. He showed them the temple. He showed them the treasuries and all that they had and all they owned. And Isaiah, I believe it was, said, what are you doing? You're opening up to the enemy. And you're showing them everything. What are we doing today? Instead of being unified, we're so busy pointing a finger at each other and fighting across the aisle and this thing and that thing. We can't, we can't settle on anything these days. It's a perfect, perfect setting for somebody to come in and cause great damage. Because we can't agree on nothing. And our country has become dim. Our country has become dim. Be careful. Be careful. We're embracing things. We are embracing things. When I say that, I mean we're holding them tight to politics and policies that our grandparents fought against. They went to war and died over these things and we're embracing it. And we're hugging it. And we're talking about it on national television. How has our country become dim? How has it changed? How have our churches become dim? Hmm. It's not just our country. It's easy for us as an individual to sit back and, and say these things about our country. But it gets, starts getting a little, little, hitting a little more home to us when we start talking about our churches. Wait a minute, this is, a, this is less, less people, and I have some influence in this place. How have our churches become dim? There was a day, there was a day when this church was packed out for God's glory. I mean, busting at the seams, I've seen pictures of it. I was just asking this week if some of the guys in the bus ministry been here a long time. I said, how many buses did we run in, our, in the glory days? And I say that in the days of past when, when we, were, we were focused and, and burdened for people of this area. I believe the number was 23. 23 buses. Wow. That's a lot of buses. That's a lot of people coming to hear Jesus Christ preached about. Amen. Amen? If I'm not mistaken, there was 50-some Sunday school classes going. It was a heyday. It was a big day. And it's not all about numbers, and it's not all about all that stuff. But God's work was going forward. Yeah. 
And because we had more buses, because we had more people out sowing, and we had more people concerned about the lives and souls of, etern- of folks going into eternity, people were getting saved. Lives were being changed. And, and it's happening here, but there's a whole lot of us that become dim. Yeah, I remember when we used to do that. Yeah, I, w- I used to be a bus captain. I understand those things change in times and family and situations and all that stuff. But listen here, if we just quit just because, what are we doing? God changes ministries and he changes hearts and he, he, he allows age to come into it and all these things. But what are we doing? Are we just doing it because we don't feel like it anymore? We've gotten dim. We've gotten dim. Look at everybody here this morning. How many people we have in the sanctuary today? And how many of us were out winning souls this week? Come on now. I'm not talking about just a meeting. I'm talking about legitimately being concerned about other people dying and going to hell. We've become dim. See, what happens is we, 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 instead of keeping our eyes on Jesus Christ, we've got our eyes on the world and just trying to stay a couple steps away from the world. And I've preached this a couple different times here, but you understand, we, as we focus on the world and trying to stay away from the world, and we don't have our eyes on Christ, what happens when the world changes? Our church starts changing. You start changing. And as the world gets worse, so do we. And now we're inviting things into our church that a few decades ago, could never comprehend. And we're getting dim. We're getting dim. Jeremiah, God using the word here of Jeremiah. How has the gold become dim? The much fine gold. Talking about a church that preaches the gospel. It's been refined for God's glory. How has it become dim? How has it changed? Amen? Come on, recognize us this morning. Let's own up to what we're doing here. We are not what we once were because, because of our own choices. Because of our own choices. How have our families become dim? Yeah. How have our families become dim? How have our families changed? Hits a little, a little more at home at that point, doesn't it? It used to be that mommies and daddies, together unified, would teach their children the truths of the Word of God. It used to be that the Word of God was important to a family. That authority mattered instead of being openly mocked and rebuked in front of the children. Let's park on that for a moment. I can't believe the way that we treat authority today. And how a mother or a father would, would, would openly rebuke and criticize a police officer in front of their children. That's authority set up by government. You know where government came from? God. Let us be careful. Oh, how our families have become dim. There used to be a time when mommies and daddies actually took time to teach their kids. And to bring them to church. To make sure that they were what they were supposed to be. 
Now, as we consider these things, as we recognize some things that become dim, let us understand what causes it to happen. What causes gold to tarnish? That's the, that's the uh, emphasis here. How has the gold become dim? What causes gold to tarnish? We've got to see what's going on so we can fix it. Amen? Again, I don't go to the doctor's office and say, oh, you're doing just fine. No, tell me the truth. If there's something that's killing me, tell me so I can fix it. What's causing it and how do I fix it? How does gold get tarnished? Can I tell you the truth? As I was doing this research, I, I, I didn't know some of this. I was studying a little bit about gold and, and uh, I didn't tell my wife. She'd be all excited. Doing some research and looking at jewelry and gold and all this stuff, and she's like, "And I'm just finding out about all this." Yeah, well, it was for the message, so just hold, hang on. Amen. I realized that pure gold doesn't really tarnish. Stay with me now. Here, think think about this. Pure gold doesn't really tarnish. Gold is uh, a unique metal, of course, it's very valuable, but pure gold is also not very practical in our daily use because pure gold is soft. My understanding, you can bite it and leave teeth marks if it's pure. It's soft, it's pliable, it's bendable. And so what do a, what a jewelers do? What do people that work with, with metals do? They take gold and they mix it with different alloys to get it, give it uh, a firmness. They might mix it with silver. They might mix it with copper. They might mix it with, with other things like this and, uh, and cause it to, uh, to get some, some firmness about it. Nickel is another one. But unfortunately, these different alloys, when mixed with the gold, introduce, these alloys introduce a different reaction to moisture, to air, to different things that get, it gets introduced to, and it causes it to tarnish. How does gold become tarnished? By mixing with other metals. So let's consider that application here. Let's consider that for a minute. What happens when we, the children of God, are mixing with the world? It's a great application. God's the one saying, how has the gold become dim? How is the church here this morning becoming dim? We're mixing with the world. What happens when we mix with the world? Sin gets introduced. Sin is introduced. How is it that our children are learning of things that we can't even comprehend? Uh, wow, my little child who's in innocent is hearing these words and being introduced to these things because we're letting the world right in our homes. We're letting the world right into the church. It's important that we parent, that we watch after, that we govern some things in our homes and in our, in our churches and in our school. Don't get upset when the principal's got to say a thing or two about this or that or, or call out this thing or handle this issue because we're trying to keep our school holy, separated from the world. It's important. Don't get upset. Just understand we're trying to preach the truth and not mix with the world. 
I wish I could, I could explain to you some things that have been going on recently. There's not time to mix with the world. There's no time for that. The devil is ready to destroy us. He is ready to do it. And what we need is, is faithful people to stand on the word of God with the spirit of God and fight him. You resist the devil, the Bible says he will flee from you. It's not time to change. It's not time to get dim. It's time to get that sin, that introduction to sin out of here. It affects us. We lose our blessing. We, we begin making choices. It's a, a distraction to our kids or to our families, to us ourselves. And we change and we become tarnished. Secondly, how does gold become dim? By mixing with other metals, mixing with the world. But secondly, it becomes dim by being touched by the flesh. I want you to think about for a minute your, your, your hands and all the things that they have touched today. Every door handle, every handshake. I'm not trying to get you scared. And we, you know, we got hand sanitizer around. Use it, praise God. And if you need to build up your immune system, lick your fingers. Whatever you got to do. Okay? Amen? Put a little dirt on it. Bless God. Hallelujah. But think about all the oils. Think about the dirt and the oil that you have in your hands. That's why it's important to wash your hands. Think about all the, the, the lotions and creams and things that, that people use. The hair products and all the things that your hands have touched today. All of that. And what do we do? We touch our jewelry. We touch our rings. We touch these, these things and, and these different Materials and products and things tarnish, calls metals, calls gold to tarnish when it's introduced and touched by the flesh. I'm here to tell you that introduction to sin and the, and the flesh. I'm talking about yielding to the flesh. The word that I wrote down was sin is introduced, but it's also selfish, selfishness is indulged. And that word indulge means to yield to. It means to yield to. And I say that, we're, we're talking about we're, we're allowing it, we're running with it, we're accepting it, and we're letting our flesh have at it. What are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about selfishness. That's what I'm talking about. Instead of doing what's right and what's true by the Word of God and saying, I don't care what I feel like doing, I'm going to do what's right. Instead, we do what... We feel like we're selfish. There once was a day when, when no child of God would, would let a ball game keep him out of church. There was a day, but instead we're selfish. There was a day when, when, when we wouldn't let these things affect us. But yet, selfishness is involved. Why do we have such Issues today. Why, why do we have this whole thing of identity crisis? Why is that? I can't comprehend that. I know I'm a man and I'm proud of it. Praise God. Hallelujah. God made me that way. I had to shave my face this morning because God made me a man. Praise God. And it felt good. Amen. Remember when, man, when you started shaving, you're like, yeah. Got one hair on there. 
someday I might grow it out. I'm not as cool as these guys. I mean, look at this guy over this guy over here. And they are cool. Brother Williams and I, we're just little boys. We ain't got we got patches everywhere. <laughs> Man, someday I can grow up and be like him. Tell you what, some of you guys are cool. Grow it out, brother Kerry. Man, where he's somewhere in junior church or something. Out there. Can you just cut off some of that and I can glue it on my face? I'm gonna be cool. How did I get off on that? I don't know, but be a man. Hallelujah. Amen. But we have this identity crisis. You know what that is? That stinking selfishness that I want to be perverted and live my life the way I feel. That's what that is. And you know it is. It's selfishness. It's flesh. Well, little little Tommy, Timmy, Johnny, whatever you want to call him. It's hard. You start saying names. There's everybody's name in here, all right? But um, little dorky, okay? Little dorky, he wants to... Little dorky or little dummy, whatever you want to call him, okay? And he wants to do this, and, and you can't tell him not, your little boy wants to dress, put a dress on and play house. Excuse me? My boy ain't putting no dress on. I have problems with some of the stuff they're, they're, they're playing with. I say, you get out of your sister's stuff. You are not a, you're not a girl. Be a man. I don't care what you think and what you feel. <laughs> mommy. You ain't talking to your mommy, you're talking to me. Be a man, boy. Listen, listen, I know I'm being a little rough around the edges, but it's the truth of the Word of God that God gave me three sons. And I'm going to teach them to be boys and teach them to be men and put a little dirt on it. Bless God. Amen. Amen. Come on, boy. Get up. <laughs> Wipe a tear and let's go. Come on. All right? Amen. Don't worry about the Newmans. They're not getting offended. They believe it. <laughs> they believe it. They're going to ministry right now. Amen. Amen. Listen here now. Come on, stay with me now. I'm almost done. Sin and selfishness makes gold tarnish. Makes the gold become dim. Makes our churches change. Makes our families change. Has certainly made the United States of America change. Sin and selfishness. So what do we do? What do we do? What cleans off tarnish? I looked that up too. I said, trying to figure out what to do. Using this using this uh, illustration that God had given here in the Word. What, how, do you, how do you clean off tarnish? Soap and water. Little dish soap, little water, and a little, little brush and scrub it. Start scrubbing it. A little elbow grease on there. Soap and water and a little work. As I was considering that, how did Jesus say he was going to cleanse the church? Ephesians chapter 5 verse 26 says that he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Right here. Right here. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? Psalm 119. Let's get back to the truth. Let's get back to the word. Let's get, let's get on our altar before God and say, God, help me to parent my kids the way I'm ought to. And teach them this book right here. And teach them what's right. 
they're, they're seeing so much junk in this world all week long. And, and we think that we can bring them to church one time, one time a week and get, a, get an hour influence or two hours influence. What are we doing? We're going to lose the battle. We're going to lose the battle. We've got to get this book open. And we've got to get in it and understand the truth of the Word of God. And dig our heels into that truth and say, God, help me to not change and to be what you want me to be. Amen? I wonder this morning, if somebody doesn't understand the truth of the Word of God, you don't know if you're a child of God. See, the Bible, if we get into the Word of God, we start understanding how God has taught us that we're sinners. We're sinners. By nature, by birth, and by choice, we're sinners. And we can't, we can't go to heaven in our sin. We can't be a child of God in our sin that way. We need Jesus Christ and His shed blood. That's what we need. And when we get into the truth of the Word of God, instead of saying, well, I, I don't care, I just want to believe this, or I want to believe that. No, the God says right here, the truth shall make you free. And that freedom comes with understanding you're a sinner and you're going to die and go to a, a Christless hell for eternity, separated from God forever. I don't want that. These men on this platform don't want that. I don't want that for my worst enemy. Those people that, that took lives on 9-11 and that we were enraged about, I don't want to see them die and go to hell. God doesn't either. Why? Because it's forever. Eternity does not end. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's the truth of the Word of God. Whether you're being convicted today, whether God's working on you about some things in your life and in your home and choices that you've made, or whether it is this morning that God's working on you about the need to get saved, I challenge you, I invite you to come to this altar and take care of business with God. Let's stand together. Lord, help us now to, this morning. As we come to the end of this message, God, and we come to the most important part of all the day, of everything, is right now, God, that you would... You would work in hearts right now. My heart, Lord, uh, our, our, our leadership, Lord, among the deacons and assistants this morning, and that you'd work in our hearts among the men of the church, that we'd be the leaders and men that we ought to be in, based on the truth of the Word of God. Lord, that you'd be with mamas and, and, and grandmothers and, and the ladies of this church to, to be holy and pure like they're supposed to be before a holy God based on the truth of the Word of God. And I'd stop messing with the world and I'd stop letting my flesh have whatever it wants and I would live by truth and not by feelings. And Lord, I pray that there's somebody here today that needs to get saved. They'd come this morning and they would receive Christ as their Savior. The Bible is clear how I can know for sure about heaven, about being a child of God, about living for eternity with my Lord and Savior. And God, I pray that they'd come and they'd seek and say, show me the truth. Show me how to get saved. And Lord, I ask that you bless this invitation. The piano is about to play. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed all through the sanctuary. Whether top floor, the balcony, or whether bottom floor, I ask you to come and let's, let's work, let's deal with things this morning. Would you come? The piano's playing.